This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl, and my guest this week is Charlie Godfrey. Charlie is a Senior Director at Genesis. Welcome to the podcast. Charlie. Thanks for having me, Nick. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm excited about the discussion. I'm excited as well. Uh, So Charlie, what's one thing people might not know about you? Well, that's an interesting question, Nick. I think, I I don't think anybody on the podcast probably has any idea who I am, so they don't know anything about me. I guess the thing that both people that know me and, and don't know me alike would maybe find interesting is that I've, I've been a musician for many, many years. So I've recorded original music. I play just about every day. Uh, so that's something people don't realize. So do you play like the saxophone or you play? Saxophone, <laughs> very difficult instrument to master. So I play guitar, I play keyboards. I mainly am a vocalist. Uh, and like I said, I love to, to write music. So that's, that's what I do a lot of the time. That's awesome. If you could sing and play one more song on this earth, what would it be? Oh, you know, it's a tough question. A lot of people would gravitate toward Freebird, the most requested song. That probably wouldn't be my choice, but great song. If I could play one song, geez, I I don't know. I guess if it was my last song, I'd have to go with Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, there it is. And and hope for the best. And how ironic would that be if it didn't work out? (laughs) That would be the worst. Uh, so let's talk about, obviously, Genesis is a, is a cloud contact center solution, but there's a lot of people that talk about empathy in technology. Can you have both the empathy and technology at the same time? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Nick, because everybody thinks about technology as being cold and you know just, just automatic. And that's true. And I think the, the power is that we can leverage that. So yes, you can have empathy with technology, but it still comes down to leveraging it the right way and designing the experience the right way. So yes, it can be a partner with empathy, but we can use it to inform and to actually you know, create action for empathy. And I think that's the, the slight difference. I want to get past that, that next level because Everybody and their mom talks about empathy in, in technology or just in general. Have empathy, have empathy, and then solve problems. Mm. It's not, but how do you make it real to people? How do you actually have an actionable item behind the empathy? It's not like, okay, listen, smile. They can hear the smile. That means they have empathy. Have the mirror next to your desk. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think the way that we approached it, because it is, empathy is often misunderstood. A lot of people, when they think about empathy, they think about sympathy. They think about being nice. They think about being human. And, you know, from a Genesis point of view and our strategic vision, we kind of define empathy as meeting people where they need to be met, right? So, you know, understanding the need, understanding how someone could be feeling, but not necessarily like sympathy where you actually share the pain right? It's not like, I don't need to feel your pain. I need to understand it. 
and help resolve that. And so in that spirit, we developed what we call empathy pillars. And if you think about, if I'm going to provide an empathetic experience with you, there's some certain key things that I'm going to do to make that happen. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to listen. I'm going to take in as much information as I can about who you are, where you've been. I'm going to use my brain and my experience to turn that information into understanding and, and try to predict the right action to meet your need. I'm going to take the action and give you a response, and then I'm going to gauge the success of that and hopefully learn from it. And so if we think of empathy as this structure of systems of listening, systems of understanding and prediction, systems of action, and then systems of learning, now all of a sudden it starts to take form and take shape. And obviously with technology, we can listen at scale through data, right? We can listen to who you are. We can listen to where you've been if we've designed it correctly. We can use AI technologies to transform that data into understanding of your need, clarify intent, and actually predict the right action. That action could be the right piece of content. The action could be a self-service application or the action could be a, a human interface. And so, and continually take those business outcomes and learn from them is the completing of the picture. And so when we look at technology and, and, and those empathy pillars, it becomes really pretty tangible on how we can do this. But again, it's purposeful design. They don't just do this automatically. You have to think about it. And one of the things that we've taken on as part of our DNA and our R&D is how do we orchestrate this technology in this way to drive these empathetic experiences where people are being met where they need to be met. Not to be long-winded on this, Nick, but I, I just want to share, you know, a lot of people talk about data and they talk about, you know, segmentation of customers and things like that. And so I'll share with everybody a story of my mother. My mother's 83 years old. And I called her the other day and I said, hey, what are you up to? What are you doing today? Well, yeah, I, um, I just hooked up a wireless printer to my network. And I said, What? Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I went on Google and I, I found the printer and I found a, a walkthrough tutorial to help me set it up on the wireless network. And I was thinking to myself, I, I don't even know if I can set up a wireless printer on my network. And so if I'm just working with a demographic, they're going to miss the, totally miss the boat with her. She's digitally savvy. She's 83 years old, but she's not afraid of self-service. And so if I'm truly listening to her, and what, where she's been, I would know that. I would understand her capabilities and be able to take the right action and say, hey, Betty, here's the content you need to do it yourself. And she would be thrilled with that. And so we can do this, reduce operational costs and expense, and drive incredible experiences by just doing these pillars. So I love the pillars. What happens if you don't do the pillars? What happens if you just mm -hmm. fake it till you make it to have empathy? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And unfortunately, you see this a lot. And so I have many, many stories, and I'll never call out companies by name, but I, I do this a lot. Just what do they rhyme with, Charlie? <laughs> totally kidding. Totally kidding. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so 
I, I do these journeys where I will, when I'm interacting with a company, the first thing I'll do is I'll be a, try to be a customer. And it's always amazing to me where I will go on somebody's digital property and I will start to tell them exactly what I'm interested in to the point where I might even put it into a search bar. And if you think about the pillars, if my experience is nothing happens, and which on the lion's share of experiences, that's exactly what happens, nothing. No one's listening. No one's taking my input and my real-time activity and understanding and predicting, wow, Charlie's been clicking on that button for five minutes. I wonder if he needs help. And so the consequences of that are, are pretty, pretty evident, right? I'm not going to click that button forever. I'm going to bolt. I'm going to abandon that journey. I'm not going to become a customer. I'm going to be, you know, if I call the contact center and they ask me who I am and I'm an existing customer, that's a problem, right? It's a problem for me as a customer that I'll have to tell my whole story about how I've been clicking this button for five minutes, but also for the rep to be put in that, you know, disadvantaged position of, I have no idea that Charlie was already fired up before he got here, right? And so you think about it just cascading through the whole experience, it's everywhere. And it sounds enormous, but you don't have to do it all at once. But if you purposefully think about your journeys and these points where you could be listening, you could be understanding and taking, predicting the right action, it starts to fall together. And, you know, when you do it right, people notice it. I notice it. When I go through an experience that's connected like that, I often tell people about it. And I, I help design these things. <laughs> yeah, regardless, the consumer will tell people about it. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's a good point. Probably more if they're unhappy with it, right? I mean, you think of even going back to your mom, like if somebody, if she was unable to set up the printer, she's going to tell all of her friends that she's unable to set up the printer, even though she's tech savvy. Yeah. I, yeah, I see exactly. right now a YouTube video of her just setting up printers <laughs> and showing people how to use technology for Charlie's level. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the tutorial for me. Yeah, I'll mention that to her. Uh, she may uh, she may take action on that. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes if you if you create it. <laughs> yeah, Charlie's mom. Charlie's mom. <laughs> Charlie's video. mom. So you talked a little bit at, at the very beginning uh, about the difference between empathy or, or talked about empathy and sympathy. So what's the difference yeah. between those two? Yeah, for me, I think like we talked about, it's really sympathy is I, I feel your pain. Right. Not to not to pull an impersonation, but I, I feel your pain. That is bringing it in and sharing it. Right. Sharing that experience for empathy. It's not really about that. It's not taking it on. It's really acknowledging it, understanding with it, what it is and what's happening and then prescribing the right thing to make it better. A great story someone shared with me. Their daughter got into a little fender bender. And so my colleague had to call the insurance company to report this notice of loss. And so she gets on the phone with the insurance company and the person on the phone says, oh my God, is everybody all right? Terrific, should do that. But then she continued, oh, your daughter must be so upset. You know, I, I know how she'd been driving long. And my colleague was like, no, no, everybody's fine. It was just a little fender bender. I just need to report my loss. And the woman continued, 
well, I know that, you know, that must be really tough. And, you know, I hope you're not upset with her. And it got to the point where the woman was trying to share this pain so much, the pain that actually wasn't there, that my colleague said, you know, I almost got upset. I almost got angry that this, I just needed to report my loss. If I could have done it on my cell phone with an app, I would have been more happy. And so that's a big difference. The woman was being very sympathetic. And, you know, certainly you do want to make sure everybody's okay. But the difference between sympathy and then meeting this person where they needed to be met, she just needed ease of use. She would have been thrilled to do first notice of loss on an app. And, but there will be times, you know, if she had a storm go through and, and trash her house, certainly you don't want to do that on an app. But it's, it's really listening, understanding to all the events that are going on and then taking that all in to create the right experience is really what we're talking about. Yeah, I love that. Is there a way that empathy can be taught or is, is somebody like that who is, because I think there's quality assurance, there is training inside yeah. the contact center where you can kind of go back and listen to sentiment or voice analysis, but is it important to go back and, and listen or can it be taught to somebody like that who's maybe over the edge? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And I, I definitely think that it can be taught. And I, I'm so taken with the pillars that I use them a lot, even in everyday, you know, everyday life. But if you think about the first step of empathy is listening. And I would say and challenge everybody, including myself, that is that what you do? Do you really listen with the intent of understanding? This isn't a technology thing. This is a, this is a human thing. Am I listening just to figure out what my next answer is going to be to you and not really taking it in? Or am I listening to really understand what you need, process that, and then, then act? And so I think that kind of slow everything down remember to listen with the intent of understanding that can be taught and should be taught. So I, I think it's not so much a technology thing. I think on the other side for a technology thing, you certainly can, if you think about design thinking, design thinking, put the person at the center of your design that can be taught and that should be taught for people that are creating these experiences and these experiences and these decisions are going to be made by technology. But the, the experience is really designed and created by humans, and they certainly be, can be taught design thinking and putting the person at the center. So yeah, I think empathy can be taught on a, on a bunch of different levels. I would agree with that. I would also say that there's a lot of times where people just go back and listen to their own, own voice in the way that they say it. I've, I've seen other organizations kind of say, you listen to Charlie, you listen to Susie, you listen to Frank, and get a different perspective, or maybe I'll jump on the phone as a leader mm -hmm. and I'll explain what that process looks like. Let me go through and record it. And then let's talk about what mm -hmm. I did, what I didn't do and grade me so mm -hmm. that you can kind of hear what empathy sounds like at a different perspective. Cause sometimes mm -hmm. no. when, when you hear just really your good. voice, you just are like, Oh my, my voice sounds nasty. Like I, I don't, I sound like that. Uh, they're not really yeah. thinking about how to deliver on the experience. So I love that. And Nick, I'm sorry, one, uh, one additional point to that maybe is that's just the voice channel. Mm -hmm. So I, I love what you said, you know, I don't like the way I sound. I didn't, that's not, you know, 
when you think about the digital channel and the you know the lack of inflection and you think about sarcasm on the digital channel you just can't be there right no matter how many winks that you can you can try and so the 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 possibility of being misunderstood on the digital channel is even greater so are you being empathetic and what is your tone and how is your voice on the digital channel brings in a whole new level of quality and coaching from that perspective so uh it's it's really really interesting in a competitive market does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, with, with friends, you have the ability to be like, reread the text that you just sent as a joke, or, and you reread it and you're like, I don't think that came across right. And then you have the ability to call them and say, Hey man, I was just, uh, here's what I really meant. Because uh, yeah. they, they could have, anytime there's a gray time, gray area, they go to the negative. But you exactly. can't do that with a, with a customer. You can't call right. them and be like, hey, just want to let you know, this is what I really meant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I see that as a, as a challenge. So trick question, should you deliver mm -hmm. empathy to your customers or your employees first? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's, it's a definitely a chicken or the egg, right? It feels like to me. And I, I think it's a, it's a simultaneous thing. It's, a, it's first a mindset at a company level, right? At a company level, I'm going to change my paradigm from being company-centric and focused on efficiency and effectiveness and all those kind of things. And I'm going to spin it around and I'm going to put people at the center. And people at the center certainly mean customers, but it also means employees. And so how can I listen and understand and do the empathy pillars with the customers, but how can I also do that with my employees? Because every employee is on a journey as well. And so as we think about the things you brought up, quality, coaching, development, what's my path to growth? What skills am I good at? What kind of work am I receiving now? Those are things we can listen to, performance numbers, and it becomes less about efficiency and more about not so much empathy, but they kind of all go together. Because if you do this right, you can actually improve your, your KPIs as well. So I don't know that I would say you can necessarily start with one versus the other, but I do think that it's understanding the journeys, understanding certainly the business priority of a given journey, a given customer set, and starting there to really look at the whole thing. Am I doing these empathy pillars on this journey? And if so, how well? What would it take for me to connect this? When I get to the employee at the right time, what's their experience? Do they get context? Do they get you know, transcripts so they can enter this conversation from a place of understanding? That kind of analysis is probably where I would start to look at what's my journey? How am I doing in this new paradigm 
net today? And then how does that work in these two perspectives of customer perspective and employee perspective? So I guess I couldn't pick one. I would pick both of them. I thought I had your queen cornered. I thought I was trying to uh, with that answer oh. with that question, and you just you just found a way to get around that. Uh, <laughs> I always appreciate a good chess call out. Yeah, that that'll be my last one. I don't know if okay. I can do another one on. I'll, I'll try to squeeze something at the end. Okay, I may not understand it. Yeah. So, how does empathy align with customer experience? Yeah, I think it it aligns beautifully if you if you take it, bring it to heart, and your design and your your experience. As we think about customer experiences, I don't know how much time we have, Nick, but I'll tell you one more story. And so it was around Christmas time, and my wife said that she wanted a television for the kitchen so that she could cook dinner and watch some shows. And so I said, terrific. So Christmas time, I'm out buying a new TV. I uh, It was about the time when the digital converters were coming over. So I had to get a digital converter. So I go to this this cable store, which is essentially an old ranch transformed into an office. I pick up the box and I put everything in the attic, right? A few weeks to Christmas. Christmas Eve, I wrap everything up and I put it under the tree. And so Christmas morning, everybody's there. My parents are there. And so everybody's having a good time. My wife opens the TV. She's excited. She opens this other thing and it's this box she doesn't understand. And she goes, what's this? And I'm like, oh, that's the digital converter box. You need that to be able to make the TV work. (laughs) The TV's not going to work unless I can activate that box. Did you ruin Christmas, Charlie? So let me, let me, I'm telling you, Nick, you're jumping ahead on me, man. You're not listening. So hold, stay with me. So we go through the thing and I hook the cable box in. The TV doesn't work. And so I pick up my phone. And I call the cable company. And so I call the cable company. It says, thanks for calling, Mr. Godfrey. Okay. I see you picked up a digital converter box. Did you need to activate that? And I said, yes. Okay. And then I said to my parents, I put the phone on speaker. And I said to my parents, you have to listen to this. So she, the IVR, said, how many lights are on the box now? Is it one orange, one green? Yeah, one orange, one green. Okay, I'm going to send a test signal to the box and give me a minute. Percolation, the lights turn green. How many lights are on the box now? Uh, Two green. Terrific. Turn the TV on to channel three. And I turned it on and it worked. And I was, and I designed these things, but to be there in that experience with all that context being passed forward, the listening to the fact that I picked up a cable box from a house and, and logging that event and then leveraging it in the experience, here I am telling the story. And so the point is, Nick, technology and empathy saved Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's the power of empathy and CX right there. So I love the story. I almost ruined it for you. And, but at the same time, you had more than yourself on the, on the call. So you were already immediately, and I'm sure that your parents went and told others about this specific company on how easy it was to talk to this IVR, this, this lady. Yeah, absolutely. And those are things that people experience more and more companies are, are, are piecing it together. And so when you experience it, you can tell it's easy, 
right? It's super easy. Everything comes together. And so it's easy, not just for me, but think about that. That was a problem, right? So I could have been a disgruntled customer. I needed help. It cost them, other than development, right? For that transaction, it didn't cost any resources on Christmas Day. And I, as you can tell, was just thrilled with that experience. So less cost, higher customer set, and, you know, NPS, how can you get any better than that? So is it tied to CX? I would say it is. Yeah, I would say it is as well. Unfortunately, your your family now knows where you hide all your Christmas presents. <laughs> correct, correct. I just bury them now. <laughs> That's not worked out so well. <laughs> so a <laughs> couple more questions for you. Is it possible to have empathy at scale? You know, when, when people talk about empathy, usually a lot of times I hear it at the, oh, the startups, like you should have empathy and this is how you start mm -hmm. and this is how you have that experience and this is how you drive it. And then people grow and sometimes similar to culture, uh, it tends to fade. And so how do you how do you have empathy at scale if you can? Yeah, and there's a couple different I guess levels to that that I would I would go back to our little, you know, pillars and say okay, data, AI, you know, orchestration and AI again for learning on outcomes. That works, right? That takes this concept and scales it. The other point you brought up which I think is really interesting is how do you keep it going as you get bigger, as you acquire, as you bring new cultures in. And this is where I go back to, this needs to be a corporate culture, right? This needs to be at the heart of the way we think as a company. I know for us at Genesis, this is 100% at the heart of the way we think. And so as we're thinking about partners, as we're thinking about technology, we're not just thinking about pure integration. We're thinking about how does this play within the framework of experience as a service, empathy and action. And that means, can I listen to this data? Can I use AI to understand it? And so as we bring new companies in uh, through acquisitions, you know, from a, from a company perspective, I would think, you know, companies have to really put this into their structure. This is the way we think about experience for banks doing mergers and things like that. How do we listen across these formerly disparate groups who are now becoming one? What are the ways that we can do that short term, long term? And there are ways. But if you're not thinking about it in these, you know, this structure, it could easily just run in independent silos, like you mentioned. And then oftentimes, that's what we see. They just stayed that way. So when you have these big conversations, when it does finally become one big initiative and everybody's logo is lined up, but the silos still remain, it's because we didn't really think about, wait a second, we weren't you know, going in this direction to create empathy at scale as part of our culture and part of our design. Yeah, what's the journey of the customer? Not necessarily what's the benefit and how do I create efficiencies for the organization? And all of a sudden you, you put it live and the customer is like, wait, what about these 20 things? Like you, yeah. you broke it. You made it worse. You didn't even ask me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's critical is that that kind of user testing, that user experience. So oftentimes when I'm, when I'm working with customers, I'm doing some, you know, light user experience. And a lot of the times the responses I get from folks are, you did user testing for us, user experience. And I'm like, I wouldn't be a customer experience person and consultant if I didn't. 
right? If that's what our focus is, that's what we should understand. And so it's also the way we think about our go to customer is that, you know, how are we listening to a company? What is a company saying that they, that's important to them? How do we, you know, listen to what their customer experience is today? How do we turn that into understanding and prediction of what we should talk with them about and what solutions maybe we should propose? It really starts to become something that is, you know, both external as you think about customer experience and also internal as you think about how you interact with other companies. So true. So, Charlie, I wrap up every podcast with two questions. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) <laughs> Hold your breath, grab some yeah. water and get ready. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one is what's one book or person who's influencing the most in customer service or customer experience in, in the last year? And then yeah. the second one is if you could leave a note to all customer service representatives, it's going to hit yeah. everybody's desk Monday yeah. at 8 a.m. What would it say? Ah, well, it's interesting. <laughs> the, uh, with the time in the past year, I think the one thing that really got me, it's not a book, it's not a person, but there's been some activity. And what I, what I really, as a technologist, what's really interesting to me is that Netflix recommended to me the social dilemma. And I don't know if you know what that is, but for folks out there, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's very interesting. But the fact that Netflix predictive algorithm predicted that I would enjoy a show about predictive algorithms just Blew my blew my mind, right? So that that was just beautiful. But between that and the great hack, there's a lot of stuff that's gone on about the dark side of data, the dark side of AI. And so I think that's been a profound thing that's happened in the last year. A lot of press and a lot of talk around that. And that's why I think the importance of ethics in design and AI management is so important. AI and all the stuff we talked about is incredibly powerful to do incredibly great things. It can also be used for the, for other things as well. And so I think it's really to call upon companies, if we're thinking about empathy and we're thinking about doing the right thing for customers and employees, which kind of company do you want to be, right? So you can use this technology to absolutely do these things and do incredible experiences and still drive incredible business results. And that's that's one thing that we talk about And it kind of plays into the last thing. So what would I say to every customer service person out there? I always say this to people, especially in the contact center. The importance of the contact center is often incredibly overlooked. The contact center is the face and the voice of the brand every day. Companies pay millions of dollars to try and engage with prospects and customers. And every day, millions of customers are having conversations with that company right now. Mm -hmm. And so I would challenge companies to say the contact center, is it a necessary cost center or is it a brand ambassador center? And so when I talk to reps and I talk to folks that are actually picking up the phones, I let them know, look, you are the face, you are the voice, you are the brand ambassador. And whether you're doing that through digital or doing that over the phone, you should embody that. And that's an incredibly powerful and important job. And the same thing goes for the folks that are doing the experience designs. You should really be thinking like you are a brand ambassador as you build this experience. 
and it could be good or it could be bad. And so that alignment, I think, would be one thing I would say to everybody that the importance of that and customer experience is just, you know, it's it's very, very big. And if we do it right, we will gain efficiencies. But what I'm really challenging everybody is if we do this right, and if you think about handle time, so if I spend on a five-minute call, two minutes, figuring out who you are and where you've been and what you need, and so then the rest of the time is actually resolving, if we do this right, that five-minute call becomes two minutes of resolving, three minutes of brand ambassadorship, relationship building. So that's not handle time anymore. That's relationship time. And that completely transforms the value and the role of these people that we're talking about. That's all I've got to say about that, Nick. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Forrest. I appreciate that. No, I, I think you have some sound advice. I mean, the relationship time, I think there's there's got to be a metric focused on that as well. As brand ambassadors, how is just that mindset shift of being a brand ambassador versus a customer service rep? How would that change your your mindset? And how would you interact with customers differently? How would you interact with your peers differently? And how would you transform the organization? Yeah, exactly. And if we're being empathetic with employees, that's on their list, right? They want to feel appreciated. They want to feel valued and that they provide value and contribute to the corporate mission. What a better way you know, than to enable them with the tools to do that. I love it. Uh, Charlie, what's the best way for people to, to get a hold of you? Uh, you, you can find me on LinkedIn. Certainly, I, I have a lot of folks out there. Certainly, you can uh, check out Genesis.com. There are blogs out there from me occasionally. I don't blog as much as I, I did. I like to talk with customers. So you can always uh, reach out to Genesis through your account executive and say, you know, I think I'd like to talk to Charlie. Certainly open to have those conversations too. Yeah, sounds good. I'll put a link in the show notes for for that as well. Even if you want to schmooze with Charlie, listen to him singing Stairway to Heaven, you know, yeah. I'm sure that there's Genesis is is all about that. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks, thanks very much, Nick. Yeah, the, the pleasure is mine, man. I appreciate your time and uh, looking forward to staying in touch. Yeah, thank you. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing it with them by giving them a link of this episode or directly from your app. And last, if you'd like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, go to press1fornick.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.